episode 99. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Philip Hall. We're Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real, Real Church, Church matters. matters. How you doing, Philip? I'm doing great. I appreciate you doing this for me last second, man. Hey, it's never a last second, man. We on earth. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it going. Trying to be consistent, you know. Uh, shout out to uh, everybody that's been listening. As we move one more episode closer to episode 100, I'm excited about it. I never thought that I would make it to 100 episodes. Uh, so, well, I can't wait to 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 get to next week and um, get there. But in the meantime, housekeeping, you can search Real Church Matters on all your uh, podcast devices. Uh, SoundCloud, you can search Real Church Matters. Uh, your podcast app on Apple. Subscribe to us, review us, listen. Uh, you can always tell Siri to play Real Church Matters podcast, and she will do it. Siri's smart like that, and she's also a fan. Social media, you can search Real Church Matters. Twitter is Real Church MTTRS. Uh, what else? Patreon. Appreciate each and every person that gives. To the Patreon, the uh, things that you, the money, not the things you give, the money that you give helps us to do this podcast. So I'm always appreciative. Shout out to each and every person who gives, those who gave and then decided not to give no more. All of you have been a part of this journey and I appreciate you. Uh, where can they follow you, Phil? Uh, Philip Hall underscore the pro on Instagram, uh, or you can follow my business page. All built And that's pretty much it I mean I'm on Facebook And all of that But I'm not really on there so. <laughs> Yeah I, I, I hear you I'm not really on uh, Facebook and things But Instagram You can uh, Follow me at FSH Music um, The Header Or whatever it is The profile name Would lead you to believe That there's music on there But it, it's not as much as it probably should be. So, but keep keep following it. Uh, you get a lot of FSH, and one day you might get some music too. So, uh, as always, remember it's obedience over audience. Uh, continue to pray for me. I haven't been feeling a hundred percent, but I've been trying to power through. Um, it's just always good to uh, do these. These are helpful to me. They're very cathartic, and hopefully, they are helpful to you. Um, you can share your questions at askme at realchurchmatters.com. So with that being said, let's get into episode 99. We're going to talk about pride. Now, I wanted to I wanted to have my dad on here for this particular podcast. Um, he declined. Uh, it's all good. One day he'll, he'll not decline. Um, if he's listening to this, what's up, dad? <laughs> Uh, but um, for whatever reason, he didn't want to do it. I, I, with that being said, though, uh, I wanted to make sure I had a man on here, and I wanted to talk about pride and about the effects of pride. And I think that men, um, not that not that everybody deals with pride, but I think that men uh, specifically deal with it and are are predisposed to it and struggle with it and feel the effects of it and 
you can see the damage of pride in their life. And so I wanted to make sure that I talk about it from the male perspective, even though it's for everybody. But um, women, if you're listening, this may be something that can help you understand how to deal with the men in your life and how to raise up men, for those of you with sons, in a way where they avoid walking in the footsteps of pride. So with that being said, I guess we could start off by saying, what is pride? I wanted to make sure I define it properly and give it, a, give it the proper context because a lot of times people uh, talk about pride. They talk about it from a certain perspective. You know what I mean? Like, like for you, what, what, you, what is pride? Pride for me, uh, I used to feel like it was confidence. I used to feel like it, it's the standard in which we hold ourselves to. Like this is, you know, my 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 thing like this like machismo ego yeah you know what I mean like they make you feel like it, it's having too much confidence is pride or uh, being too uh, too into yourself is right. pride but I think that those things only uh, only cover the 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 shell of it but the deeper understanding of the word pride is understanding the the word in the Bible comes from a word that means lifted up. Mm-hmm. So when we look at it that way, the pleasure and the mission of lifting oneself up. Now, well, you might say, well, I'm supposed to lift myself up, but here's where pride comes in. It's the act, the pleasure, and the mission of lifting oneself up uh, over God. Right. Exalting oneself. Exalting is another word that is often can be used mm-hmm. instead of pride. Puffed up. Mm-hmm. Is used in the Bible. Right. They're talking about a magnification, and that doesn't matter until one magnifies themselves over God. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about exalting, ascending, reigning. So when a man is building his kingdom above God's, he isn't walking in pride. Right. And I don't think we look at it that way. A lot of times, that's why I said it's men because men are always primal in a focus to do something. And oftentimes, we are Im- it's embedded in us to be on this mission to make ourselves big. Right. In some way. It doesn't always have to be fame. But in some way, we're always building a kingdom. It just happens this kingdom is not God's, it's ours. And that is the act of pride. A lot of times people think pride is merely the mindset, how you think of oneself. No, it's how you think of oneself and what that drives you to do. So uh, the perfect example of this, I realize is that Lucifer is the perfect example of pride. So Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 13 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And I want to make sure I say this because there's some lessons to be learned for all of us in these scriptures. Number one is that we have already been in the place we need to be. Yeah. Just like Lucifer. God has already put us in the place we need to be. But we are cut down from that place because of our pride. pride. And he says right here, he said, this weakened the nation. Now we look at the household. The household is weakened. Why? Because the man has been cut down. We look at the nation. The nation has been weakened. Why? Because the man has been 
Cut down. Cut down. We look at these places. Look at the church. The church has been weakened, Philip. Why? Because the man has been cut, cut down. down. Yeah. I, who cut him down? God did. He's been cut down because he operates in what? Pride. Right. Yeah. When we look at those pastors, those churches that are headed up by these pastors who are intentionally building a kingdom based on what? Their pride, their understanding of themselves, exalting themselves. God comes and he cuts it down. He weakens. It weakens the nation. Yeah. We don't want you to forget like this weakened heaven. This weakened the nation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's clearly understood. And Jesus even uh, remarks about this particular scripture and says, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven. Yeah. So in verse 13, he says, for thou hast said in thine heart, this is where pride comes in. It's what we say in our hearts, Philip. He said, I will ascend into heaven. He, he said, I will ascend. When we're talking about us rising and ascending, we're talking about pride. He says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. When we're talking about exalting ourselves, do you know what I'm saying? He's, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. He's saying, there is going to be a following of people. They will worship me. This mindset created a thing where God had to cut him down. And it weakened the nation. So when I think of pride, I realize that we are weakened because we are in a position where we have moved ourselves in an attempt to make ourselves greater than God. We may not ever say that, Phil. No. we. I mean, most of us don't. We kind of just do it like... <coughs> In our in our minds, I guess, even with our agendas, like I mean, like going after your agenda over God's agenda is pride all in itself. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, men, I mean, I can only speak for men, but men, that's what we do. We kind of like just just tend to focus on our agenda, our task, or how we look. Even just focusing on our image rather than God's image. Sometimes, well, all the time, all it's the pride. time, yeah. And the reality of it seems unfair, but it's the hard truth, which is when I am focused on my agenda, I am trying to exalt me and not God. Right. Not even in, in it's not like we have a mission. Satan didn't have a mission. He didn't say, I want to tear down God's kingdom. He just wanted to build his. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is that there only can be one kingdom. Period. It's like, I don't, people say all the time, I don't have no problem with God. Why God got a problem with me? Not because you have a problem with him, but because you want to be exalted and your exalting can't happen if God's exalted. You, we can't both be exalted. Yeah. They, it just, the kingdoms can't coexist. You know how it's like in Game of Thrones. Somebody got to win. Somebody has to. Somebody got to conquer. Somebody has to rule. It's not a shared thing. It's not like, okay, God is king, but I'm a king too. <laughs> it it don't work like that. I mean, even in scenarios where, like, when I start thinking about stuff like this, I start thinking about, like, how we watch ants. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know about anybody else, but I've had an ant problem before, and they begin to build mm -hmm. inside your home. Yeah. And they, like, the, the type of, you know, 
feelings and, and disrespect you feel like, man, they just can't come up <laughs> in here and, and do this. Yeah, it's, like, it's their place now. <laughs> yeah, they just... It feels like that too. Yeah, they touch your food, they do whatever. And, you know, that's that's typically how it goes with, with God. This is like, we never was designed to start building our own anything. We belong to him, period. Yeah, we're workers. We're workers. We're not in the business of building our own kingdom. We're in the business of building his. And so what is the effects of this? Because a lot of people don't understand the ramifications of having this mindset. It feels like it's no muss, no fuss, no worry. What's the harm in having confidence in myself and having an agenda to better myself? You know what I'm saying? They blur it all together because they don't see how exalting yourself above God is not in your best interest. Yeah. It seems like it is. Seems like if I'm not going to look out for me, who is? But that's not your place. Right there, we're talking about place. This is where men have an issue. This is why they don't find a place in church because they Mm. don't understand how they can have a place in church when church isn't surrounded by them. The agenda of church doesn't orbit around them. Matter of fact, the only time I see men interested in being in church is when they have leadership positions where they feel like church orbits around them. Right. You ne- you rarely see men who just come to church. Right. You got to be doing something. You got to be in something that revolves around them or carry some leadership role. I, I, I challenge myself with that all the time. Being a person who is in leadership of some sort, I, I always challenge myself, what is my intention in this leadership role? Am I a leader in building God's kingdom or am I a leader in hopes that people will help me build mine? Right. <laughs> and God sees all of that. Everybody else might not, but God sees. God sees all. it. Yeah. And, and that's what we're being judged according like, I mean, it's it's very tough as a man not to get caught up in all those things that we consider manly things when in actuality it's really prideful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's very tough to walk around and be in that vulnerable God state of just walking around and understanding that, man, I serve God. I don't serve myself. Yeah. And even David, when he fought Goliath, like, you know, in his, his greatest, one of his greatest victories— he was it fight. wasn't about him. It was nothing about him. Goliath didn't do nothing to him. And he made sure he understood it too. He was like, bro, I'm here clearly for no other reason but because of what you done to my God. Who you represent and how who you represent disrespects my God. He like, other than that, I'd be I'm just a little servant boy. That's it. I, I'm nothing. But think of how many other men stood up in front of Goliath to fight him for their own pride and glory and right. got demolished. Right. And it could have been more morally good, morally good. Like, oh, he's, you know, Goliath did X, Y, Z or whatever the case is. But our morals aren't enough to to attain God's righteousness. Like that, it, he'll never give that stamp of Because it's, it's our righteousness. We can't masquerade it as his. Yeah. When it's always about us. Absolutely. So one of the effects of pride is that Proverbs 16 and 18 says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Pride is the igniter of the bomb that destroys our lives. It's the fuse. It's the detonator. It's the trigger. 
it, it's like if you want to destroy your life, just like Satan, he was fine in heaven. If you want to destroy your life, switch to pride. Right. And watch the explosion, the destruction that is triggered by pride. A lot of time we can look at, a, at the explosion and not ask ourselves what the people who come to examine the explosion going to ask themselves, which is what? What triggered it? Right. If you want to fix a problem, you look at an arson, they see this building's been burnt down. They go back and they investigate what triggered the, the fire. Yeah. You, we, when we look back at the destruction, I've got, I've got a lot of destruction in my life. When I look back at the destruction, and you look back at the destruction, this is forensics psychology, really. We can see how our lives got destroyed, how we got cut down, how we got stripped of everything. Yeah. You want to know how it happened? Pride. Pride goes before destruction. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a lot of times when people look at demolitions, and they look at how they they destroy buildings. It's 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 a science to it. Like they have to place the bombs in certain places. So before before the building implodes, there's an explosion. Yeah. Like the bombs go off, but the bombs go off so that the building they explode so the building can implode. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody sees how the building is caving in on itself. They don't see all the explosions inside. Yeah. But I'm telling y'all, pride is the explosion that causes people to see us implode. Right. We, we crash in on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We crash in. I, I know I'm, I'm describing my life. I'm describing a lot of men's lives. I mean, that's what say like... Satan fell to that, so he. I mean, he's a master of using it against us. Like, I. I mean, I've been prey to that. Like, you know, being like having things orchestrated to happen to me, and all of a sudden, be so caught up in pride where you don't even understand how how much damage you're doing to yourself. Like, and all in the name, and you'll be so proud. Like, you know, this person can't do this to me, or no, I can't. I can't walk around like this, and like you wind up. Causing so much damage Not only to yourself But who God is creating you to be Weakening the nation And a lot of times We will blame the fall On other people Right Trust me Nobody tripped you It's not nobody's fault He said pride A haughty spirit Comes before the fall Yeah You know For those husbands That's upset at their wives Your wife didn't cause you to fall You upset at the, the other chick The other chick ain't caused you to fall you upset at your boss. Your boss ain't caused you to fall. What's causing you to fall is your pride. Right. And I think as men, we have to figure that out. There's relationship issues in our lives. Most of the relationship issues that men are dealing with is pride. Yeah. My issues with my family, whether it be my dad or my siblings or people at church or people at work, all of those, those relationships were imploding. Because of pride. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's things that can be solved just by communicating. Yeah. And communication can't happen because of pride. Right. Somebody could just say, I need help. And they'll, they'll, they'll die because pride. I'm telling you, it's the cause of how we're imploding. So the first thing is, we, when we, the effects of pride in our life is destruction. That's number one. Number two, Proverbs 29, 23 says, a man's pride shall bring him low and honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. The next thing that happens is not just that there's destruction in our lives, but we are brought low. 
Yeah. We are brought low. Like God has to humble us. So there's a lot of things that's happening in our lives and people want to qualify what God is doing and why he's doing it. At the end of the day, a lot of people are just being humbled. We're just being humbled. There's jobs being stripped away when there, there was uh, job security. There's marriages being torn apart where there was thought to be love and, and true affection. There's families being ripped apart where there was supposed to be unity and camaraderie. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's businesses falling apart where there used to be uh, cooperation and teamwork. All of this is happening because God is not interested in you building it. So when you build it, he's going to cut it down. Right. It's no different than the people of Babel. What did they try to do, Phil? It goes right with pride. They tried to ascend. Yeah. They tried to exalt. Right. God came and he did what? He brought them low. How he bring them low? He confounded their language. Yeah. It's all this thing that God is always going to be at us. We test God like that constantly, though. Like it don't, it don't matter how many times God got knock us down levels. You know, we still fall into the same rut of, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And yeah. Next thing you know, you, your, your conversation has less to do about God. And even when you hear people's ten year plans or five year plans, you never really hear God. You just hear like, yeah, I'm going to do this, yeah, and I'm gonna move here. And I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, attain this, and I'm gonna be successful in this, and nothing ever has anything to do with God. That's pride. Like all these things, he had to deal with me about. It still is honestly like every every day I have to renew my mind and think about like what what does God want for me? Today? Yeah, you know what? It breaks my heart because how many men I come across who are frustrated that their ambitions are being torn apart. Yeah. And you know what adds to that? It's like going to the gym and you see you working out, but you see the dude beside you is benching twice your weight. Right. Like most men are going to try to throw some more on and be like, yo, he ain't, I got this. Yeah. That's what happens when you see a Jeff Bezos. You see a Robert Kraft. You see these men who don't serve God operating in success as we view it. Yeah, and you want the the men who God has chosen because yeah. you got to remember, like God picks and He chooses people. I'm talking right now. I'm talking to people who y'all y'all know God chose you. Yeah, there's men out here. Y'all know God got His hands on you. You know you're not the the best looking one. You're not the most successful one. You're not primed for success. You you're not David's brothers. You David, but you looking at the other people. Yeah, and comparing yourself. And you try to figure out how they don't operate in the will of God, but they have successes. And every time you try to operate outside the will of God, it falls apart. Yeah. But you got to understand, he's talking to the men of God. And he's letting you know, your pride will bring you low. Right. And it happens. it's, It's just a reality that you have to understand. Everybody's life is not the same. God chose David. David didn't choose God. And God chose us. And if you're a man and you're listening, you got to understand that he chose you. You could be Robert Kraft and you could be flying on a private jet to go pay for a $59 hand job. That could be you if that's what you so choose. Yeah. But that's not what God chose for me. And so every time I try to do things to, uh, to create and exalt my kingdom to get the bag, God brings me low because he's chosen me. I think some of, some men, y'all just got to get over it. 
You got to get over the fact that you're not Denzel Washington. You're not Jeff Bezos. You're not a millionaire. You're not Will Smith. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not these people who, who get to move however they moving, and you see this, their success, and you idolize it or envy it or think that, it, you're, that you can get that same success if you carry the same ambitions and drives and passions. But at the end of the day, that's not the case. Our, our ambitions, our drives, and our passions are superseded by the fact that God chose us. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? When you talk about ambition and success, look at Paul. Right. Paul's minding his business. He was already attained to whatever he was going to be. He, he said, I can boast about all of that. But God came and literally and figuratively knocked him off his horse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he chose him. Do you get what I'm saying? It's something to be said about being chosen. I think that's something I'm always trying to share with you. It's like, I know the way you may want your life to go. Yeah. But he chose you. Right. And it's like, how does that look? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to do what's what's right for me. And I like, he chose you. You just don't get that option no more. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're that man of God and you know God chose you like that, and I think I think we all know. Yeah. I think the once you know that, you have to drop your pride. You have to. We you have to. It's almost. I mean. It's the equivalent of uh, your house being foreclosed on and you selling it. And you trying to call the new owners up and tell them how, to, how they supposed to paint the house and use the house and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it, we, we don't even belong to ourselves anymore. Yeah. And we constantly trying to like reason with God. Like, and he's constantly reminding us like, hey, man, you, you remember I got, like, I got the receipt for this. Yeah. Like, I sent I sent my son down there, and you re, you wanted that you re, you asked to be saved. You asked to you asked for God. Like most of us, like, and this is just for the men of God. Like once you sell yourself to God like that, and when I say sell, I mean you're literally giving your life away. Yeah, it's yielding to the call. You know what I'm saying? Like he always calling, and once you answer, you said I'm open to what you want to do. And what he want to do don't have nothing to do with pride. It don't mix with pride. And he will always bring the man with pride down low. When did Jesus ever have pride? That's my thing. When I hear people, men talking about what they're not afraid of, what, what they're going to do if this person do this, that, and the other, I'm like, man, I thank God that Jesus didn't think like you. Right. Because Jesus wouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? Like men have so much pride, they pick fights with people you can't win. It's the opposite of love. It's the opposite of love. It's the enemy of love. Police be having guns and you up there, you screaming and cussing and yelling at cops. Yeah, that's insane. That's, <laughs> Your boss got the ability to hire or fire you and you cussing him out? Yeah. Just pride. Like, what you not going to go for? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, the, the bank, they, they didn't approve your loan. And you, you ranting and raving and being disrespectful. You think they ever going to approve a loan? Do you get what I'm saying? Like you running a business and somebody demeans you. And so you're going to snap on a client just because they hurt your feelings. Right. When your integrity at that time could have solidified them as a client and caused them to change their life. Do you get what I'm saying? Like people telling me all types of stuff. Like I had some issues with a client. They weren't paying on time. People like, well, I wouldn't show up for the work. Right. Huh? Well, I mean, 
you know, that seem like they punking you out, huh? When I approach God, I'm always asking him to show me how to view a situation minus my pride so that I can operate in the integrity, as he said, honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Honor upholds us. Yeah. Instead of us getting cut down, we get upheld. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's like it, it's it's not no it's not no Zen to it. It's not no uh it's not no Gandhi stuff to it. It's the reality that if I operate, I need to see the situation in humility. Right. If I see it in humility, God will always uphold me. Now, because I didn't rant and rave, I end up getting a check. And I got the apology and nobody ever had to see me outside of the purview of how God wants me to walk this thing out. Right. The third thing, Obadiah, one in three, and I've never even read a scripture out of Obadiah, but the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Mm. This is... He said, the, the pride of your heart deceives you. Yeah. It, God, God is thinking like, you sitting there saying, who shall bring me down to the ground? And God is like, uh, me? Yeah. But that's that invincible nature. And we, he's letting us know that feeling of invincibility comes from deceiving yourself. Yeah. How many men you know deceiving yourselves, Phil? I mean, a lot of them. Come on, man. I I mean, I didn't talk from talking about from the highest to the lowest, like craziness. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen all kinds of stuff in church. I mean, as a musician uh, uh, alone, I've seen like pastors just like they get so brazen, they sloppy. You know why? Because they thinking who shall bring me down to the ground. They get to the point where their wives know they cheating. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like their side chicks know that there's more than one side chick. They so brazen with it. They like, who going to check me? Yeah, I'm high. Who's going to bring me down to the ground? This type of mentality is a deception of Satan because it's the same deception he followed. Think about it. He's in heaven. He sees there's a God that created everything. But his delusion allows him to think that he could possibly have his own kingdom. Right. And you think that's not what men dealing with? That delusion causes them to break their families apart. That delusion causes men to not even, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I look back at my relationship with my father and I realized that's why I wanted to have him on here. But the, the real realization is, is that we're right there, right beside each other, can always help and encourage one another. But because of the deceptions we play in our hearts, we miss those opportunities. It's not just one way. You know what I'm saying? Like dad always is saying, I, I didn't do right by y'all as, as young men. But on the flip side, there's a young man full of pride that never went to his father and even put him in a position to say, hey, I need your help. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it goes both ways. The young men and the old men are missing out and they're messing their lives up because their hearts deceive them. Period. That's how the man is out there breaking up with his wife and start trying to start a whole new family because he thinks that he's better than what he has. Right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, he, he has deceived himself. Pride deceives us. 
That's the next one. Pride, pride deceives us. Pride destroys us from the inside out. Pride causes us to be a target of God so that he causes us to be humbled. And number three, pride deceives us. People out on the outside looking in, look at us and say, bro, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what are you saying? What I'm saying is I don't need this job. You don't? <laughs> you don't need this job because when you come home to your wife and you tell her you lost your job, what are you going to do next? Right. That's like Antonio Brown. He's on the interview and he said, I don't need football. One day he's not going to have the ability to play. He's going to need it. And he's going to want and wished that he took advantage of what he said he doesn't need anymore. Right. He's talking in a prideful way. Absolutely. There's people laughing at him, smiling at him as he operates in this way. And everybody's saying he has a right to do this, that, and the other. But the reality is, guys, is that pride can deceive us. Yeah. Sometimes we do need things. Sometimes we do need to be quiet. Sometimes you are right. Sometimes there are people attacking you and tearing you down. Yeah. But you got to see it from the right perspective or you'll be deceived in the midst of that and do something you regret. Absolutely. Every time. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to tell you, and you can speak to this. So many husbands are overtaken in deception because they... And you know they deceive because they allow their, what their wives say to, dis, to disrespect them. They allow what their children say to disrespect them. Yeah. They feel like people are demeaning and belittling them as if people have the power to diminutize you or to make you, uh, to emasculate you. People don't have that power. Yeah. But deception causes that fear. Yeah. We're deceived in ourselves and nobody's going to get away with what? Get away with this. Get away with what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, you, it's, you, you see men operating in this way and, I, and I'm, I'm constantly going to bring up everywhere men are, whether it be the workplace, the church place or the home because pride is destroying all of those. It, it really is. I mean, even a man dealing with men in general, like I've been fortunate enough to wear like my dad showed me a lot like our well our dad showed me like a lot of stuff to do you know cuz uncle Dennis showed him and yeah. and so the wealth of knowledge of, of certain things don't exist in every man and i some a lot of times i watch how men struggle with even like the 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 transfer of knowledge i'd be like trying to help them yeah. Because I'm like, hey man, you you really don't need it. so you don't know how to change brakes. Cool, man. Let me show you how to change brakes. Oh no, nah, man, I got it. I'm gonna just go go pay four hundred. I'm like, hey man, you could just learn this once and then you can you can do it. But it's it's all in pride or even working with some guys, like I'll hire guys all the time and the ability they'll rather do it wrong and we both know it's wrong. We both looking at it wrong at this yeah, point. Yeah. And I'm like, at any given point, you could have said you didn't know how to do this. And we could have skipped this whole phase of the embarrassment of me having to tell you this is wrong. And even the response will scare you. You'd be like, oh, oh, brother, you deceived. Because you look, you pointed out to him and like, hey, you did this wrong. And they're like, well, you act like you ain't never made a mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, you be like, wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. This ain't about me. I hired you to do a job. No, it can't. It stopped being. And, it's, and you it's, never it's, had to make a mistake. All you had to do is ask. 
yeah, that's the hard part, man. I realized it, and I started actually trying to trying to just be a a bigger man of God and enforce myself. Like, I mean, I don't even care if you're gonna ask. This is how you do it, just in case you wanted to brush up on what you already know. Yeah, in quotations. bro, I do it all the time. Like, I'm combat. I'm coming against it. Like, oh, I ain't even. I I know how to do this. I'm like, nah. I have to make sure. Yeah, it's my job. Like, this is my livelihood. Like, I have to make sure you know how to. And you may know how to do it, but you don't know how I want to do it. Right. And if you can't stomach that, I, w- I can't use you no more. Right. You know, that's just business talk for a second for people out there who understand. Like, you, we have to, f- I think, man to man, we got to start calling people to humility. Absolutely. I'm, a call, I'm not punking you out. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not punking yeah. you out, but I'm going to call you to humility. You need to, you need to hum- humble yourself. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to let you know before you destroy your opportunity. A dude said today, Phil, like he was like, yo, he was like, what you doing for me? Like it's big, like you opening yourself up. You allowing me to see your business, how we doing stuff. I'm like, because nobody did that for me. Yeah. Nobody did that for me. Even when people was in a position to help, their pride did close themselves to me. They looked at me as competition. Yeah. See, when I'm building my kingdom, everybody's competition. Right. When I'm building God's kingdom, everybody's my brother and my sister. Yeah. I don't have to. You're not. You don't factor into whether I eat or not. No. Because I'm fed. I don't feed myself. I'm fed. See, you're pointing to a bigger problem. Yeah, the, yeah. the bigger problem in pride is fear, actually. Like, you know, a lot of men won't admit it, like, because fear is like a you know a cuss word to men. But you know, a lot of the pride hides the fear, like the fear of walking in ignorance, the fear of being less than somebody, or fear of being gotten over on. Well, let me fe- let me tell you, the fear of being human. Oh yeah, the, you get what I'm saying? Because that's where it comes us to the fourth one. Daniel five and twenty says, but when his heart was lifted up. And his mind hardened in pride. See, we know we soft-hearted people. But what are, what are men always trying to be? Hard. Hard. Period. We, we, try, we know we're vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? You, the, 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 your wife say something to you, you're almost at the brink of tears. And you hate that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We hate that. We hate being vulnerable. We hate being sensitive. We hate being connected to the humanity that we have. And so we use pride as an armor. Yeah. We harden ourselves. He said, this man's mind is hardened in pride. He was deposed from his high, his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Right. He was deposed. That means he was demoted. Yeah. Because why? Because his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened with pride. That's the other thing. It's like we become hard. There's so many hard men. God can't use you. Right. When, when God tell us we need to be hard. I didn't see men leave churches because they can't get along with the pastor because their hearts are hard. Their hearts are hard. Their hearts are hard. <laughs> yeah. Their hearts are hard. I've seen men not be able to really have true relationships with their spouses yeah. because they're trying to love under the protection of a hard heart. Yeah. You want to love her, but you want to protect your heart and make sure nothing happens. Or you ain't gonna, you're not going to do nothing to me. You're not going to break my heart. 
Well, well, that's that's when the whole boundaries thing comes in, and, and, and it's this new doctrine of the boundaries, and and for me, like I've I've always when I think about Christianity and the beliefs, I think about Jesus. So I'm like, where did God Jesus have these boundaries? Like, at what point? Like, because I I've seen him be slapped, I've seen him be all kinds of ridiculed and stuff like that. And he, all to do what? To draw nigh to people. To 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 uplift God. Yeah. Now, if we uplifting ourselves, then yeah, go ahead, turn up on somebody, because that's your doctrine. But you know, if you uplifting God, His love is 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 long suffering. Is not puffed up. It's all the opposite it's things vulnerable. of of pride. It's soft. It's vulnerable. That's the only way you can it's win open. people. How you think they was able to slap Jesus? Because he wasn't up on the throne. He was right there. I mean, he, they said he sat with prostitutes, tax collectors. Yeah. He sat with the dregs of society. He opened himself up. He walked with doggone Judas. He couldn't have did that with pride because... <laughs> you can't do that with pride. You, you can't walk with somebody who you know is trying to kill you and have pride. No, absolutely not. Come on, Phil. You <laughs> wouldn't dog. be able to sleep. <laughs> this, this, y'all can't even deal with people that, that semi-love you. Yeah. Judas, he's 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 clear in the intention. How, how Jesus is clear in Judas's intention. He knows what Judas has to do, and he still is allowing him to walk with him, serve with him. He's teaching him and talking with him. Yeah. When he's talking in all these scriptures, he's talking to Judas too. Right. He didn't say I'm talking to y'all real ones and I'm leaving Judas over there. No, he was talking to all of them. He was open. He opened himself up without any care, opening himself in, up in love because he didn't have to protect his kingdom because it wasn't his kingdom. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we we are protected. I'm trying. I want to comfort y'all, man. You're protected. Because you, as long as you're operating, like you said, in God's kingdom, you're protected. I'm going to tell you, heavy is the head that wears the crown. When y'all take that crown off God's head and put it on yours, you're going to feel that. Right. It's like every one of those, those movies about drug kingpins and stuff. The, he's the kingpin. Next thing you know, one of his, help, his helpers come and kill him. Yeah. Now they the kingpin. That You always got to watch your back when you're trying to build your own kingdom. Because, yeah, somebody's always trying to take your throne. You're going to always have to watch your wife. When you talk, when your wife is part of your kingdom, yeah. you're always going to have to protect them. You see men like, they so isolated, they so protective, they so possessive. Yeah. Protection turns to possessing yeah. real quick. They're like that because everything about them is connected to pride. Yeah. Everything about them. Even the fact they have children, those children are their pride. Yeah, my last name. Yeah. This is me. We ain't even talk about this kid, you know, do they matter? Yeah, no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do, do you care how they feel even? They just yours. I mean, even a lot of offenses that happen with kids, and, and you know, I'm going to be, like, honest, like, from from kids being homosexual to whatever, a lot of times those offenses that upset parents have a prior indication more than a spiritual indication. Mm. Like a lot of times they're upset, not because this thing is, is goes against the word of God, but because like, uh, 
you know, I'm gonna explain this to my friends. Like, you're a representation of me. Yeah, now this I'm thing, connected to. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, this thing goes against their kingdom. Yeah, it has nothing to do with God. And until and, 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 and that's how those strongholds are able to exist because you know you they gonna start building their own kingdom too. You built yours, now they gonna build theirs, and their kingdom ain't gonna look like yours. Now their kingdom look like. A different type of lust, a different yeah. type of this, and a different type of that. Because they're, I mean, they're after their own kind. You you taught them how to build a kingdom now. I noticed that too. Like, people don't use the word to operate in God's kingdom. They use the word to manipulate people to live in theirs. Absolutely. I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, they, they say in scriptures... But they, you're just using, like, you're you're not using him like he's, Jesus is king of kings. You're using him like he's the chief prosecutor. Yeah. And you're like, hey, you know, look what the Bible say. Now, now submit yourself to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, that's that pride. Yeah, definitely. That's pride all day. Because it, it makes us, anything that makes us feel good, pets our flesh like that. I mean, it's, it's exalting ourselves. It's exalting ourselves. Like, you know, when, when, and I have to watch myself because whenever something makes me feel good, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to check it. Like, you know, what, what, why are you that excited? Yeah. Bro? What does what this, what is this lifting up? Yeah. Is it lifting up God's kingdom and that's why you boast about it? Or is it lifting up you? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it, it's dangerous that way. So that takes us to how we operate because it's important that we teach people how to operate in this stuff. And I think Paul knocks it out the park in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. He says he's looking for men right now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And so he specifically is talking about a certain type of man here. He says, one that ruleth well his own house. So I love this, 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 this scripture because, number one, I'm not telling y'all men that y'all not supposed to rule. It's just that you got to understand what a ruler is. Right. A ruler is not a person who has his own kingdom. He's a person that works within a kingdom. He has authority to uphold a kingdom, even though it's not his. Right. So he says, this person rules well his own house. God gave you your own house. He did not give you your own kingdom. No. No. He gave you your own house to exalt his kingdom in. Delegated authority. Amen. Yeah. It's, 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 we have to understand this. You, there is ownership here. Yeah. For men who like, but well, this is my house. I, yeah, it is. It's your house. But in your house, it must be God's kingdom. Right. Same way when, you know, with Adam. He, he, he told Adam, the Lord over those things. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was just delegated authority. He didn't say these things belong to you. You're God. You're you're the new god of earth. He, he just told you nah. just delegated some authority. You have him. a house in a place called earth that belongs to who? God. god. It says the Lord earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But your house and everything in it is yours. And you represent God by allowing his authority to reign in your authority. If that makes sense. I, I hope it makes sense to people. He says having his children in subjection with all gravity. Look at this. Men, I need y'all to understand this. You, your children need to be in subjection with all reverence. What are they reverencing? God. God. Not you. The mission of the man has been for men and women and children to reverence him. 
I want my kids to respect me. I want my kids to honor me. When you have that intention, you already are missing the point. Right. When you have the intention, my wife is not respecting me. You sitting in marriage council, my wife is not respecting me. Your wife don't respect God. Yeah. And what matters more? Yeah. You're supposed to be ruling your house. These children in subjection with all gravity. Verse 5 takes it a little deeper. He puts in parentheses. He says, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Right. So he look at this parallel. Mm -hmm. Remember, we talked about the kingdom of God. Yeah. He's, it's almost like he's using, he's giving you ownership of something to prove your worth in his kingdom. Do you know what I mean? He's like, I'm giving you your, your, your own home. If you can't rule your home with gravity and reverence for the God that you serve, why would the God you serve lend himself to, your, to give him your, why would he lend his kingdom? To you. To you. Why would he give you an opportunity to work in his kingdom? I mean, that's, that's what we see in church most of the time. That's where the stigma of Pre, uh, uh, preachers, kids, and stuff like that comes from. Absolutely, it's just the 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 we observe it in a different way. But what's happening is just what he said in the scriptures. There are men who do not know how to rule their home, and so it's not a it's not a question, and it's not a curiosity as to why they are not able to operate the church. They're not. When you see a man and he's sleeping with the women in church, that's just a man who don't rule his home. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're literally, and we're talking about most of the men in church have at least one child. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'm an observant person. I'm doing the math. <laughs> I ain't saying all I'm married, but they at least got one child. What is that telling you? They, these, these men don't respect the home. So why do you think they're going to respect God? That's true. Mad children out of wedlock. Mad broken homes, mad single mothers. Why is it so many single mothers? Where are all the men that created these single mothers? Where they at? You know where they at? Making more single mothers. Absolutely. One engagement at a time. They're like, hold tight, sis. I ain't leaving your life till I get you, give you at least one kid. <laughs> I'm going to give you at least one and then I'm going to be on my way. One and done. One and done. When I'm done with you, you will be a single mother. And and everybody is okay with this. Oh, I mean, for sure. You know, it's it's okay to start again. You can, you know, there's more chapters to your book and stuff like that. But if, if every chapter is just a, you know a, a, a another girl's name, you know, it's it's a, it's a problem. This this ain't the book God wrote for you. Yeah, that's not the book. That's the little black book. That's not the book God wrote out for you. Yeah, where the only thing that that sums up your name is your conquests and failures. Yeah. The reality is, is that Paul calls these men a novice. Verse six says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Mm. What's a novice? We both work in business. Yeah. We don't have time to hire novices. No, no way. Why? Because they don't, they don't possess the knowledge of. The business or the since profession. You, since you don't possess the knowledge, you don't possess understanding. Therefore, I cannot entrust you with situations to be a proper problem solver. Problem solvers come from understanding. Understanding comes from knowledge. That's why before I hire people, I try to test their knowledge. 
I try to see the, how they engage with this information because if they understand it, then when I'm not around and a problem arises, they can handle it. I don't have no time for people to be like, you know, I never did nothing you did before, but I'm a quick learner. Then you need, guess what you should have did? Be a slow learner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right now you want the job because you want the money. What about when there's no money on the line? How come you don't go home and just turn on a YouTube and learn? I'm tired of quick learners. Right. I need some slow learners. I need some people that put some time in. While you was in people's faces creating single mothers, I was creating a single purpose. It's something to be said for that. Yeah, it is. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's something to be said for that. I don't take it lightly. So why, when you run around, you in people's faces, you texting all day, but you don't got no time to build your skills up, I'm supposed to just accept you as what you are and say, oh, yeah, I guess you're a quick learner, and then let you just sloppy and mess up and do everything. Right. He said, no. God didn't give you no household for you to, to trial and error this thing. No. He didn't give you no household for you to slop around and mess up. And say, you know what? I'm a quick learner. I just got to pick it up. Somebody got to show me how to be a husband. Somebody got to show me. Nah, he said, not a novice. How are you a novice? He said, because a novice is so caught up in their pride that they fall to the condemnation of the devil. They be like, I got this. Yeah. Even though they don't feel. Yeah. Just what we dealing with. We dealing with men of God who do not study the word. They just say, I got this. It's disturbing. Come on, man. I mean, it's I mean, it's disturbing because because I've had conversations with people, and you know, we try to brainstorm to fix problems, and they'd be like, "I'll handle it," and I'd be like, "All right, cool." So how we? They want you to count on them. Yeah, like so I can't we, count on you. You don't count on God. Yeah, <laughs> you don't count on God. I'm scared for wives when I talk to their husbands, and their husbands don't read the word. No, it's, that is scary. I'm like, bro, he trying to put this together without the manual. I mean, and then when he, <laughs> when it's put together and you see mad screws still on the ground, you're like, "How did you get this?" I know something's wrong. Yeah, you need every one of those screws. Yeah, time you know tells. Time tells. Come on, bro. You talk about you see people they didn't put the whole family together, and you see their Bible closed. I'm like, I, I don't think that that marriage going to stand the weight of life. Right. I think one dude going to come and jump on that, and it's going to tear apart. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? One woman might come. Yeah, no, that's that's you know real saying? talk. Yeah, but some people because they put it together as a novice because they prideful and won't get read the word, they are one layoff from their family falling apart. Absolutely, they one pink slip from their family falling apart. God knows all of that. They're one work husband yeah. from the oh, come on. They one work wife. Yeah, they one babysitter. Yeah. Because huh? it, it goes down. <laughs> it does. They one DM, Phil. Come on, man. They, they one bottle. They one line of Coke. I think it's grace. I think it's God's grace most of the time that that like that allows it to, to happen. To, but, did, did, did nothing huff and puff and blow that down? Yeah, before you they receive, time. yeah, before they receive like understanding and knowledge. He gives I would say he gives time just because it's his covenant. I'm I'm gonna say that. No, no, let me put it this way. <laughs> this is what grace is. Do you have the humility to take it apart and do it right? You got to. There's a situation. Somebody was building. Yeah. And they saw there was some structural inconsistencies. And they tried to look past it. They said, well, it don't matter. And they built over it. 
And then somebody else saw it and was like, nah, I don't want it. That's an inconsistency. I don't want that. Take it all apart and do it right. Absolutely. That the humility you have to have, Philip. To do that. To do that is what shows a true man of integrity. Man, listen. I, I can only use, I mean, I'll use myself. I mean, because, <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> yeah, to use myself because that's, that's what it, that's what it takes. Like from when my marriage hit, hit, hit rock bottom, you know, the, once your foundation is, is, is crumbling. Pride will tell you it's a wrap. Yeah. Pride will always. Pride tells us to check it. It's check self, the whole thing. It's self-preservation. It's like, you know, ain't nothing wrong with you. It's just something, it's something not right with you. This just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And, it's, and it always, you know, pride will constantly remind you and tell you like, oh, you know, you just 32 or you just this and you, you, can, you can move on, you can do this. And then, you know, God is constantly, you know, in, in your ear like, look, man. You didn't do your best. You can't you even say like, you can't even say you follow you. You can't even say you actually had a marriage or even operate in the covenant of God. In humility, you, yeah. but in pride, people say it all the time. I gave a hundred percent. No, no, you didn't. No way. I did my best. No way. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like when we put this to real life, I don't care how much uh, somebody tell me they did their best. When I look at the work and it's subpar, yeah, I want to know what best is. Well, I can't believe in God and say that because. It means he a liar. It means he's a liar. You can't. That's the delusion of pride. Yeah. The delusion of pride will say, I did my best. No, you didn't. Yeah. That's why it was good when Nathan went to David and told him, he said, bro, that's you. Yeah. You did that. You Look at this mess you made. He could have kept going. Could have kept going, but he opened his eyes from the deception of his pride. Yeah. And he said, what? Oh, I messed up. Yeah. And look who he said he messed up. He said, to thee and thee only have I sinned. Yeah. That's the humility. See, that's not a novice at work. That's why we can look at David and see hope. Yeah. When it, he, even when in his mess ups. And it might seem like a journey to make it back, but it's, it's not a journey with God. It's an inst- instant. It's make instant. it right. <laughs> Have the humility to tear it apart and say, I didn't do it right. Pick those screws that you said you didn't need because you needed them. The word. You know what I'm saying? The, the Bible. How much prayer. <laughs> people built, they build stuff with a little bit of scripture. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, it's three-fourths of a book still over there. You're yeah. like, yeah, and I ain't need all that. I don't need nobody yeah. to supply that. I mean memes, man. Like, Come on now. <laughs> building lives on memes. You want to quote to me how your wife should be subjected to you, but you don't want to subject your will to God? Well, you left that screw on the ground. Yeah. And then you built this, and you think that it's going to work. No, it's not. This is what pride built. That's not what God built. That's not his kingdom. That's yours. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that his kingdom don't look nothing like ours. And right. so every time we build our kingdom, in comparison to God's, it's laughable. I mean, when you sit down and listen, I mean, when I start to listen to, you know, even me and my wife talk and the when the conversation and you don't have to look in the conversation any deeper than when somebody says, you know, I feel, you know, or like... <laughs> We're gonna stay. We're gonna stop right there. I feel anytime yeah. it's I feel is is I'm dealing. I'm I'm basically telling you what offends me. Or it's what, an impact. Yes, yeah. This is what affected my pride. You know what they call it in chess? A stalemate. Yeah. You look at this the board and they say there is they we can't call a winner. Yeah. Because any move that's made is no way 
There's no way anyone can win. But that's what happens in pride. Yeah. Everybody's playing a game they think they can win, and God's looking like, man, it's a stalemate. Yeah. Because neither one of y'all operating from my will. You operating from your pride. But God, I got deal breakers, man. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, and that was my biggest thing. I'm like, yeah, but y'all don't know. Like, you know, this deal breakers. These are the like, rules of my kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> rules of my kingdom. Because when I look at his, and I, I looked, I searched every page. And what you see? I didn't see no, like, I didn't see, didn't no, see deal, no deal breakers. I didn't see no deal breakers. And you even saw when. Love, love. Love, 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 you love, saw love. Long suffering. And even when people start talking about, like, you know, uh, the, 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 Bills of divorce and stuff like that. It was they they don't really have full understanding of what he was saying, even with the hardness of the heart. Like if you you can't call yourself a believer if your heart getting hardened over somebody else's sin. Bro, what is it? Where do you think I got that scripture from? This scripture comes from d- d- a conversation about divorce. Yeah, and he's he look at what he says in verse seven. Moreover, he must be a, he must have a good report of them which are without. Lest he fall into reproach and a snare of the devil. He's a you gotta operate in a way of integrity. Yeah. Integrity can't exist where pride does. No way. Because we sell everything for the sake of being right. Yeah. We sell everything for the sake of our kingdom. There is no rules of engagement. That's why you look at shows like Game of Thrones and you're like, these dudes are ruthless. You seeing dudes kill their own father, their own sister. Why? Because the only mission is their kingdom yeah. and the pres- preservation of their kingdom. And if I got to kill, I don't care who I got to kill. That's why the nations are divided. That's why our churches are divided. That's why our houses are divided. It's because it's only about ourselves. It's only about ourselves. It's just pride. That's it. It's just pride. And, and, it, it, and it's, and it's just, I mean, you know, we focus on, man, it's just, I feel like just oh, in, in general, like even in a marriage, I feel like what happens with, with men is we teach our wives how to have pride. Absolutely. And and we don't even realize. And so once they start building their kingdoms, you're like, man, what are you doing? It's the reason why <laughs> she responds in what about me? Yeah. Why? Because she see you concerned about you. She like, who going to be concerned about me? Absolutely. When it's about God, there is no response of what about me? No, no way. Because my feelings don't matter and yours don't either. It's just about God. It's just, it's and even simple. when she say what about me, it don't elicit the same response from you because you don't feel threatened because you no longer trying to preserve you. Right. That's the biggest thing. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's the. There's no, there's no win here. Like you, Jesus always put himself in a position where he never exalted himself. Right. Even when Pilate told him, Pilate was operating from pride. He said, "Bro, if I was you, I would be nice to me. I hold the key whether you live or die." Yeah. Jesus told him, "No, you don't." Yeah. Dog, don't tell me I don't. Don't tell me I don't. I could tell you right now. I could stand out there and tell the Jews. Kill this man. Yeah. Or I could kill him like they, I can kill you like they want me to. Yeah. But when Jesus said that, he knew this man didn't care whether he lived or died. It removed the bargaining chip. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it became less about a man dealing with another man's machismo and ego. Yeah. And it, de- it, it just, it dropped the defenses of Pilate. At the end of the day, Pilate was like, what is truth? He went out there, he was like, I don't know what y'all going to do with him. But I don't have nothing to do with it. 
I can't kill a man like this. Right. Why can't I kill a man like this? I can't kill a man who not who not interested in in his own preservation. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's a secret, man. Your wives can't kill a man who's already doesn't care if he lives or dies. Did <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. Your boss can't kill a man who don't care if he lives or die. Yeah. One step. One step. When people smell pride, that's what they exploit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every conversation had in pride will always. What you do is expose to to the adversary what what to attack. And I always say this to my wife because, you know, I had to catch myself. Like, man, somebody do something to my daughter, man, you might as well put the cuffs on me. Like what we do is <laughs> what we do is we set up we we set up these 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 barriers for God to oh yeah, this is what you standing on? This what you gonna do? It's time to get busy because that's the thing that I want. I want that. I want that pride you got. Like, even if nothing else can get me there, that one thing is enough for God to say, "Man, I need to. I I want that. Yeah. I want that." I think that's the the unfortunate part. And hopefully, this this conversation will challenge men to think about who's when you talk about pride. We not talk because I'm tired of fake humility too, Phil. Yeah, I make sure I say that. I'm tired of people. Just they just bad mouthing themselves and thinking it's humility. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey man, you know, I, I'm trash, really. Convention talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really trash, you know. I, you know, this is all what God allows. I don't care about all that stuff. That's talk. Yeah. My thing is, is when it's a choice of whether you exalt yourself or God, who do you exalt? Yeah. Not just in talk, I'm talking about in choice, in deed, in action. Yeah. Because don't tell me it's about God and everything you do is about your brand. Right. Hello? Like, y'all y'all think y'all slick. Let me tell you this. It's the deception. When you think that you get to change the name of the game and that changes the game, you're wrong. Y'all can call it brand. I still call it kingdom. Yeah. You know? You see people moving out in ministries and all you building is a brand. You ain't building God's kingdom. Right. <laughs> God's kingdom ain't built off flyers. No. It's not. God's kingdom not built off logos. Man, I got to put that on a t-shirt. God's kingdom not built off press. God's God kingdom not built off clout. No, it's not. God built kingdom not built off followers. If followers meant amount of people that you, you led to Christ, that'd be one thing. Followers are just the amount of people that want to pay attention to you. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't even use your social media platforms to build God's kingdom. You use it to build your brand. That's it. People be like, let's, I'm bored. Let's, ha- let's talk. Ask me a question. I, sometimes I'd be tempted to like, I want to create an anonymous <laughs> profile, ask a question like, so in the concept of you being a gospel artist, what part is the gospel? Right. That's a good question. I mean, you got the artist part down. The brand the look, the creativity. But what part is the gospel? Won't you just call yourself a recording artist and you chose a genre of gospel music? Yeah. Because you're not a gospel artist. Because honestly, the music that people bring in don't even elicit good news, which is ultimately what the gospel means. Everything's about a brand. A brand is the kingdom. 
But that's why I mean that mu- music and, and pride, man, and, and Lucifer, man, it, it, it all go together. It, it all. And I'm gonna tell you why. I know y- y'all are falling for the deception of Satan. Is because y'all listening to a washed up artist. Yeah. Satan's a washed up artist. Lucifer's a washed up artist who had a he had the best gig in town, and he let his pride get him knocked out of there. He like Kanye. As a matter of fact, you took his gig. <laughs> yeah, you took it, and he's allowing you. He's putting you in position to mess it up just like he did. Yeah, you're like, man, you know you don't got to do that, man. Yo, you, come on, man. You, you, every, every album, you, all, you make it about God. You don't even put your face on the album cover, and look where it got you. Nobody even know who you are. Yeah, man, you're you 35, man. I'm pretty sure that had to be going through Israel's brain. Remember, his first album, they ain't had no pictures of him. <laughs> I mean, New Season had just a picture, you know. Come yeah, on now. Yeah. He ain't listening to his podcast. And if he is, he maybe wake up. <laughs> yeah. We make it about us. Yeah, we start making it about us. And then, like, you start to hear it. Social media hear. is the worst thing that ever happened to gospel artists. I just want y'all to know. Social media is the worst thing that ever happened to gospel artists. Once they got an opportunity at the tip of their fingers to glorify themselves, and because everybody's doing it, they can hide behind it and say everybody's doing it. But at the end of the day, what are you doing? Right. You ain't doing nothing but messing yourself up. And because it's not about God, you know what I'm saying? Like we said it the other day, we was talking about Kirk Franklin. He's all all hanging with with Kanye until that man put that red hat on. <laughs> That mag, he was out. When he put that mag on, Kirk disappeared. <laughs> he stomped out of there. Yeah, he did. He did. He ain't nowhere to be found. Why? This is what happens when we're glorifying ourselves under the guise of God's mission. Don't, hey, don't pervert the commission with your own mission. Yeah, that's real. Oh, I'm just out here being a light. Well, how come your light? Didn't change nothing. Yeah, it's not shining no darkness. My man spent time with you and he threw that MAGA hat on. Yeah, it got to change something. It got to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This man was more influenced by Donald Trump than you. I'm tr- oh, man. It's, that's real. <laughs> I'm that's, trying to figure it out. Like, that's, nah, that's real. Like, if anything, like. He looked at Donald Trump and said, This man is like a father figure to me. <laughs> he was over there with you. He was with you. How come he, he didn't feel like that with you? That's real. The reality is, is that as men, I'm I'm focusing on men because I just feel like we are so delusional out here. We setting ourselves up. It's like a dude that got beer muscles. He didn't drink. He at the club. Somebody brush against him. Next thing you know, he try and fight. He he's he's under the delusion. If he was sober, he wouldn't even do this. No, no. But way. he's drunk, and when we're drunk in our pride. We are delusional and we make choices like Lucifer where we forget who we are and that we're already in the high place. Yeah. That's the scary part. You already in the high place. But you don't like it because it's not my place. Yeah. It got to have your name on it. (sighs) Telling you, Phil, you are already married. You're in the high place. Pride will cause you to take yourself out of the high place. You already got a beautiful woman, beautiful family. Lucifer is trying to take you out the high place. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys out there, you got good jobs. I know your boss don't treat you right, but you already in the high place. You where God wants you. Your pride can take you out of the will of God that quick. Yeah. That quick. And you'll be like, when God closed the door, another one opened. Well, he didn't close that one. Yeah, you did. You did. You kicked it shut. And so he, you think he's just going to let you kick another one open? No, it don't work like that. It don't work like that. I didn't seen people sabotage themselves. Sabotage themselves. This is a truth that I need to hear too. I'm going to tell you. 38 years, it'll be tomorrow. 38 years at this thing. I spent most of my years in pride. I'm trying to make up for it. Hopefully when I hit another 38 years, I'll be able to say I spent more time in humility than in pride. But that's episode 99, Pride, here with Philip Hall. Thank you, Philip. No problem. problem. I think it was helpful. You think it was helpful? Yeah, it was. Good, good. Obedience over audience, episode 99, Real Church Matters. We out.